Beth, I hear you calling, but I can't come home right now. I'm listening to a podcast, and I just can't find the sound. All right, all right. I don't blame you for going home after hearing that. Good Lord, why do I sing? Anyways, welcome aboard. Welcome to the Harland Highway, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fairies and trolls. Uh, hell of a show today. We're going to be talking about condoms, a, a deadly condom. Somebody's put a new twist on the condom that's going to hurt like an MFU-er or whatever the term is. Um, Yeah. You got to hear this. And then uh, we're going to be talking about whack jobs. You know, wacky people that do weird things. Um, we're going to be talking about music lessons. Did you take any? Um, maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. We're going to be talking about pack rats, people who collect things. Uh, that weird guy who likes to read romantic letters all the time is coming by uh, to read some of his creepy letters. And then there's been a lot of floods lately, so we're going to be talking about the floods that happened during the spring. And uh, it's going to be great. So put your raincoat on. It's right here, the Harlan Highway. <laughs> you just made a wrong turn. Would you kindly shut your mouth? Onto the Harlan Highway. Oh, it's lovely. It's just lovely. The Harlan Highway. Hi, Harlan. I'm Teddy Rock. And I'm your friend! Riding down the Harland Highway. I'm not your daddy! <sighs> okay, this is scary on a number of levels. Uh, a brand new item has been invented by a doctor in South Africa that uh, was conceived um, probably because of the high amount of rapes and assaults on women in that region of the world. Um, and it's scary on two levels. First and foremost, it's scary because women are being raped. That is that is appalling. It's, it's saddening. It's, it's sickening. And, uh, you know, you got to wonder in, in a country where laws and the penalty of law isn't as rigid as it is uh, here in North America the way we know it. It's got to be very scary to be a woman uh, living in a third world country, honestly. I mean, uh, think of the vile things that uh, happen to women here in our so-called civilized culture. And imagine having none of those barriers, none of those perimeters, and being a woman making your way through life, through the world, and uh, so much more nasty things could come at you. Um, so it's frightening. So that's the first part of scary. And then the second part of scary, I guess it's kind of a good thing for women, but a real scary thing for men, and you men have it coming, let me preface it, if uh, rape is on your agenda, you definitely have it coming, but let me tell you what it is, a, a doctor in South Africa to combat this epidemic 
she invented a female condom, okay? And by female condom, picture a round, uh, cylindrical, uh, cup-shaped thing that would be inserted up inside a woman. Uh, So it's almost like the reverse of a condom a man would put it over himself. In this instance, a woman would put it up inside herself, so basically lining the interior, the walls of her vajayjay. All right? Um, But here's what this woman did, this doctor, to... uh, to ward off rapists or make rapists pay for their misdeeds, this woman created a female condom with teeth. Okay, and I'm not talking buck teeth. I'm not talking uh, dentures. I'm talking she lined the inside of this female condom. You have to go online and see the picture, but she lined the inside of the female condom with teeth akin to a python or a pit viper or some kind of snake, but mostly a python. I'm sure you've seen uh, pictures of python python teeth on the Discovery Channel or uh, in in the skeletal remains in a museum. But basically the uh, python's teeth work like this. They, uh, They have rows of teeth that are razor sharp, and basically, they all bend backwards into his mouth. So basically, uh, they're used for grabbing, tearing, and gripping mostly. So basically, when something gets inside that uh, python's mouth, because the teeth are all facing backwards towards its tail, it's almost impossible for uh, would-be prey to pry itself or pull itself from the jaws of the uh, the python because uh, it would be going against the direction of the fangs and in pulling, trying to pull out of the mouth would be burying the fangs deeper into its own flesh. So now picture, if you will, hypothetically, the woman's vajayjay being the mouth of the python. Yeah, and here's where it gets squeamish. And a man's erect wiener being a a rat or a vole or a ferret trying to burrow its way in and realizing it's in trouble tries to pull out and yip! You got it? Yeah, it's almost, you know, picture... Uh, I hate to say this, but picture, you know, getting fellatio from a dragon. How about that? Does that paint the picture? So, uh, you know, kudos to the doctor for coming up with this. Um, it's extreme. It's uh, it's edgy in more ways than one, obviously, but uh, perhaps a necessity in that part of the world. And, uh, you know... Guys, just watch out and basically smarten up and uh, you got to stop doing what you're doing and hopefully this is a major deterrent. There's not much comedy here. There's not much uh, 
you know, not much to laugh about when it comes to rape, but uh, I thought I would tell you about it because it is very uh, interesting. It's a unique idea, and uh, wow. If there's any anything that you can laugh at here, it's at the poor loser who makes the mistake of putting his you-know-what into the mouth of the python because uh, he bloody well deserves it. Plus two is four. Two plus two is five. Uh, no, I think it's four. Two plus two is five. Uh, no, two plus two is four. Two plus two is five. Uh, two plus two, uh, it, it's four. Two plus two is five. Uh, two, two plus, it is five. It two, 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 Plus two is five. Correct. Uh, you're you're creeping me out, dude. Two plus two is five. Correct. You're really creeping me out, dude. I I, I gotta go. Two. Yeah, I know. Plus two is five. Correct. I gotta go. Right? You know what I mean? You ever just get to meet a weirdo? You meet some kind of weirdo and they're, uh, you know, you're at a party or you're uh, out uh, shopping and you just get a weirdo who, uh, you know, they just, just kind of won't move off of weird. Like they start talking or they do something and you're thinking, okay, you know, this is just a quick little blip. And then they're going to move on. They're going to, you know, say or do something else. And the weirdness will stop any second now. They're just about done with the weirdness. The weirdness must stop now. And then it doesn't. And you're just standing there with a with a whack job, man. Isn't that weird when that happens? Oh, it can be uh it can be very uh unnerving, man. I was on a uh, plane a few months ago and uh I'm flying like to I'm flying from California to like New York or something like that, and um I'm sitting up there in first, and uh, right in front of me is some uh, guy, some man, and then this kind of, you know, young professional business lady sits down beside him, and uh, they start talking a little, and the the guy is kind of a loud talker. He's going, well, yeah, I've been working up in uh, Pennsylvania for a few years now, developing a uh, thing for, uh, you know, a Microsoft, and it's, uh, you know, he's one of these guys, like, everyone can kind of hear his conversation, right? 
And at first, the lady's like very attentive. She's like, oh, yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah, my son worked up near there. And oh, wonderful. And then, uh, you know, she never got much air time, so to speak, because the guy would kind of come in and kind of cut her off and keep talking. And then it became apparent that this guy was a little weird and he didn't know how to stop. And he just kept talking. And this poor lady was trying to be polite, and she was, like, kind of stopped responding. You know, she was kind of looking at him, trying to just nod her head and be polite. And then this guy just kept going and going. And then my uh, my uh, partner there went up to uh, Maine, and we installed a unit for the, uh, you know, the power plant there. And uh, And she's just like, so she just starts tuning out. She just starts looking forward. You know, hoping he'll get the message and shut up. And then my uh, my company flew me down to uh, Louisiana where we installed the uh, whatchamacallit. So now she picks up a magazine and she starts reading. And this guy just keeps going and going. And finally she got up and right in the middle of his... Con- so my, uh, my uh, partners are going to be in... Vet- and she was up and gone. She went to the bathroom even though she didn't have to go. And then I'll be damned, she she came, she sat back down, and about 30 seconds later, this guy was like, so what we're uh, going to develop is a brand new uh, intergalactic, and this lady was just like, oh. So she put the headphones on, and I don't know, she had to listen to, like, Muzak all the way across the country because this guy was just a whack job and he didn't he had no filter he didn't know how to shut up kind of the way I don't when I get rambling here on these podcasts hello uh, so I don't know if you have any weird boo radley like stories and you want to share them 323 I grew up in a house where my parents thought it was important that each of the kids learn how to play music. So me and my two older sisters, we got sent off to piano lessons, which I didn't like. And my mother always used to say, you're going to thank me for giving you piano lessons when you're older and you know how to play. Well, of course, being a kid and short-sighted, I couldn't see it. I just wanted to be in the sandbox eating sand and smashing twigs over my little sister's heads. Sure enough, I bailed on the piano, and now I wish I could play. But worse than that, I guess, is... I guess my parents got bored with the piano deal, and they decided to sign my little sisters up for the two most obnoxious instruments ever made, at least obnoxious when you don't know how to play them properly. One of my sisters uh, got linked up with the cello, and the other one got linked up to the violin. So there's me every morning, laying in bed, sleeping upstairs, and down in the living room. my god sound like somebody uh squeezing the life out of a cat i'd open my door shut up down there do you have to practice your cello at six in the morning uh it's like uh one in the afternoon dipwad yeah well it's six in the morning in my head i'm trying to sleep up yours E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-E-R-
glass slam. Wow, talk about migraine. So just a word of advice. Before you give your kid a cello or a violin and you're going to be, you know, the cultured people on your street, just remember nothing comes for free. In order to be a maestro, you got to practice and practice and practice. And unless you're planning a career in violin or cello, then you're just filling your house full of squeaky, dying cat noises. And you got to live with them. So good luck! We'll see you at the uh, Philharmonic there, Maestro Fresh West. Stick around here on the always sweet, beautiful-sounding Harland Highway. Dear Hazel, it is with a joyous heart that I write you this letter on this dark, starry night as I pull the quill from my inkwell and I jot these words down. My soul is full of love and affection. It shan't be long, Hazel, until I'm joining you at the plantation and we skip merrily down the dirt road hand in hand and then you run ahead for a few paces and I kick a stone with my leather boot and it flies through the air and cracks you in the back of the head and you fall face first scraping your pearly white teeth along the gravel and your snow white skin scraping along as you slide from the impact and your eyebrow cut open, blood pouring onto an ant nest and the little ants pouring out and crawling all over your face and excuse me Excuse me? What are you doing? I'm reading a romantic letter. That's not romantic. What the hell is that? Falling down, kicking a rock at her head. Do you mind? I'm trying to finish my romantic letter. Well, make it romantic. That's just, that's creepy. Do you mind if I finish? All right, go ahead and finish, but good Lord. Thank you very much. I'll never forget as we... Wandered around the swamp looking for wildflowers and lily pads and strange grasses that you could press into your book and make into homemade cards to send to Sister Sarah back on the East Coast. I'll never forget as you bend down to pick up a little white wildflower by the edge of the pond. I pushed your face into the gaping jaws of a snapping turtle, and it slammed its beak shut right on the bridge of your nose, drawing blood. Excuse me! Excuse me, I'm trying to read a romantic letter. No, no, stop it. That's not romantic. May I finish, please? But what, what is going on here? I'm reading romantic letters that I have written to my loved one. That Really, that's your loved one? Yes, it is. Hazel, yes. Dude, I'm I'm sorry, man, but if that's your love letter, I don't want to hear your hate letter. Do you mind if I finish? This is very personal. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. You're just you're winning my heart here. Thank you. Just do it, read. I'm getting the paper ready. I'll never forget as we wandered under the old apple tree, a long branch hanging 
from the side. I found an old length of rope and threw it over the top of the branch and tied it securely with a knot. I remember the look in your eye and the giggle in your heart as you imagined us hanging from the rope together, swinging back and forth like two playful children. Oh, how surprised your eyes became when I wrapped the rope around your soft white throat and lynched you up in the apple tree and you swung there like a dirty old pillowcase swaying in the breeze. Okay, enough, buddy. I wasn't finished. Yeah, you're done. This is... What, who are you, OJ? I'm sorry. N- never mind. You are you are morbid, dude. Well, I'm sorry you don't have any romance in your heart the way I do. Get out of here! I have one more thing. Get out! And then a giant bird's nest fell on your head. The eggs dripping down your eyes. The shells cutting into your... Get out of here! Unbelievable. Creep. That is really... And then I threw apples at your head as you dangled in the breeze like an old handkerchief. Out! Hi, this is Harland Williams with another friendly tip. Are you tired of paying your cable bill each month? Are you tired of the costly monthly fees for watching TV? Well, now you can watch TV for free. Just wait till night falls, crawl over the fence, and stand outside your neighbor's living room window. He won't be able to see you if you're wearing camouflage all over your face dark clothing and face paint yes you'll be able to watch all the tv you want for absolutely free your neighbor will be paying for it just another friendly tip from me harland williams here on the harland highway are you a pack rat i don't know is that is that even a real animal is that in the, uh, if you open, were open up the uh, Autobahn Society's Book of Rats, would there be an actual pack rat? Maybe, I don't know. I'm not a rat expert. But are you one of these people that just saves stuff? You know, you just can't get rid of it. And you know you'll never use it. You look in some drawers and there's a, some 40 pens. And there's some old stationery. There's an old t-shirt. And there's a weird little badge you got for some kind of event that you could pin onto a shirt, but you never will. Or there's a little figurine or a little shot glass or some dumb thing. And you know it's just going to be there till the day you die. You know you're never going to use it. There's papers and folders and pictures. There's old picture frames. There's old blankets folded up in the closet. There's clothes, there's hats, there's scarves, there's boots, there's shoes that you haven't put on in nine, ten years sitting in your closet. But you see them, you pass by them. You know you're never going to wear them again, but oh, but better not touch those. Those are shoes. I paid $40 for those ones. Why throw $40 away? At least I'm getting $40 worth of something using up space in my closet. That's worth something, right? Look, I'm not accusing you people. I'm I'm the same way. I got stuff, you know, I'm looking at 
I'm looking at junk right now. From where I sit, I can see things around me that I want to collect or hoard or have and never throw away. I got stuff in my wallet that's been there that's meaningless that I can't seem to get rid of. Oh, well. I guess it's all about memories or something, right? What are we really saving? It's memories. It's places in time. It's points of reference. I guess maybe there's sentimental value in everything we own, anything that comes into our house or in our possession. It's somehow a piece of us. You see this old pen from the Waffle House? I remember. You know what I mean? That pen's a piece of me. I wrote my first check to my cleaning lady with that pen. I'll be damned if I throw it out. It's got sentimental value. It's a Waffle House pen. (laughs) How can you stand there and expect me to throw out an old Waffle House pen when I wrote a check to my cleaning lady? Look, there's still some syrup on it. If you hold it, it's still sticky. I remember. Okay, settle down there, soap opera Sally. You little pack rat. What did you call me? A pack rat. I'm a mouse, not a rat. Well, you look like a rat to me. Up yours, buddy! Okay, and speaking of collecting, how about the uh, rainwater that collected this spring? Right? In Tennessee and in the Midwest, and every year it seems to happen, man. I mean, you see those clips on the news where the stop sign, like the water's all the way up to uh, the top of the stop sign, and uh, houses are like, halfway underwater and houses are floating down the river they look like extra extravagant houseboats look at that houseboat man it's got a porch on it man wow that's i haven't seen that before man um and inevitably you always get the people that think they can outrace the floods All right, I have to talk about this because it's annoying the hell out of me. Okay, it's spring, the waters are rising, there's flooding everywhere, and why is it every time I turn on the weather channel or the evening news, we have some dumbass in a pickup truck or a minivan or a car halfway across a flooded road a road that's pretty much turned into a raging torrent. A river so strong that while you were driving across a dumbass, spawning salmon were jumping and leaping in front of the grill of your car. Dip weed. Okay, that's probably a clue. You're driving in a little too deep when fish start jumping over your windshield. Okay, dingle nuts. What is the matter with these? And then there they, they climb out the window and they're up on the roof, waving their shirts. Help! Help! I didn't know my Dodge minivan couldn't drive underwater. I thought it was a submarine and a car. Dive! Dive! We're going underwater. Minivan! Descent! Descent! 
But, Mommy, I thought we were going to the mall. Shut up. We're going to look for giant squid, you little weasel. Mommy, I don't like giant squid. Shut up, you calamari-eating freak face. <laughs> and they say we're the smartest creatures on the planet. I don't know, man. Even a monkey will sit in a tree and wait for the water to go down. The only time you ever want to be crossing a river or a flooded road is to get onto the first entrance ramp to the Harland Highway. Yep, that's right. That's right, baby. And, uh, you know, if you want to really drive somewhere, here's where you should drive, okay? I'm going to make this announcement again. I've been doing it... uh, the last few weeks here, but it's important. Uh, yours truly, Harlan Williams, will be doing an incredible stand-up show in San Francisco at the Herbs Theater uh, on September 4th. It's a Saturday night, and you can call uh, 415-392-4400 for tickets or go to cityboxoffice.com. That's the Herbs Theater, Saturday, September 4th downtown San Francisco, or check harlemwilliams.com for more details. It's going to be an incredible night of stand-up and sketch comedy all in one. So you can't miss it. Um, you know, pull your uh, your vehicle out from underneath the lake, and, uh, you know, if you don't want to drive up the highway, you can come in uh, off the ocean because, uh, you know, as you know, San Francisco's right on the bay. So... For you flood drivers, there's no excuses. And uh, I do appreciate you for coming and uh, hanging with me on the Harland Highway here. Hope you had a few laughs. Uh, go write yourself a romantic letter or something. And, uh, you know, as always, until next time, chicken chow main baby. Ah!